What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day, free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine to make it your first listen every single day. In today's show, we are talking about a deflating and disappointing and, quite frankly, ugly loss in OKC. On Monday night, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Blazers in a historic night where Damian Lillard became the franchise's all-time leading scorer. They lost. They didn't play very well. They couldn't handle Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And it was easy to brush it off as these types of things happen they didn't play well, but you bounce back, you take care of business. In fact, I said exactly that this on this year podcast. They had a second game in OKC, stayed over in Oklahoma, play the Thunder again, um, a, a Thunder team that's that was 13 and 18 coming into this game. And you this was this was a game that you just you win however you win, take care of business. Guarantee you a three and three road trip on a long six game and ten days trip away from home, heading into a home heavy schedule. You take care of business. You beat a bad team. You can wipe out Monday, and you can pretty much say whatever happens to us on Friday in Denver happens. Three and three on the road. Let's go. Let's just keep it moving. When you lose, it's notable, and they lost. Lose one hundred one ninety eight. I want to talk about this game. I want to talk about the refereeing. The Blazers. Um, shot nine free throws to 25 in OKC, like, certainly worth mentioning. And I want to talk about kind of what this means with an eye back to something that I talked about on this podcast in October. Prior to the season starting, I, I think we've we've kind of reached a point that I thought the Blazers might early in the season, but they have now where maybe it's just it's time to look in the mirror and figure out what this group is trying to accomplish. Let's do what we do, though. Fastest recap in the West. The Blazers lose this game 101-98. Uh, they're up 10 at the end of the first quarter, 32-22. Then they just stopped scoring. They didn't score They didn't score 30 points in, the, in a quarter for the remainder of the night. Up 54-49 at the break. Uh, tied at 78 entering the third quarter. Like, just they... Uh, they led as many, by as many as 14 in that second quarter, but couldn't pull away. Tough close to the t- tough close to the period, entering halftime, couldn't get any distance in the third quarter. So you knew it was just going to come down in the final 12 minutes. Um, it had kind of been the same way in the first game. The OKC, uh, for a variety of reasons, matches up pretty well with the Blazers. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but like, this was going to come down to. Can you win in crunch time on the road against a team that you have more talent than? And the answer was no. But Blazers are up five with 2.56 left. Yusuf Nurkic throws a pass to Jeremy Grant, who has Shea Gilgis-Alexander sealed. He catches that high-low pass, dunks, and the Blazers are up five with two minutes and 56 seconds left. Up, up five on the road with three minutes left against this team. You need to, you got to figure out a way not to lose these final three minutes and the Blazers immediately just um, immediately give it back. Um, Shea Gildas Alexander gets down the paint in about 10 seconds into the possession, sidestep. He's really good and really crafty. He he made a nice move to get past Jeremy Grant, nice move to get past Nurk and finishes. Okay, up three, two minutes to go, two and a half minutes to go. You're okay. Jeremy Grant dribbles the ball off his foot. You have to get a shot off here. Uh, you just like you just need to attempt a shot. He doesn't. 
OKC gets the ball back. Josh Giddy hits a little floater in the lane. Okay, all of a sudden it's a one-point game less than a minute later, and that five-point lead and the stuff you did just to take a lead and have control of this game is, is out the window. Uh, Damon Lode comes down and misses a three quickly, and the Thunder take the lead in the next possession. Jalen Williams blows by Anthony Simons, gets a dunk, Thunder up one, and they would not give the ball back. Uh, Josh Hart airballs a corner three on a pretty good look at it, just shot it too long. Uh, uh, OKC misses a three. Damon Lord gets all the way into the paint and just missed a layup. Definitely a makeable shot for Damon. He just, he just missed it. Sometimes it happens that way. Uh, Got to get stops on the other end if you're going to miss layups, and the Blazers don't. Uh, and, and, and what follows after the Damian Lillard missed layup here? Uh, it's under a minute left. It's 42 seconds when the, when the layup comes off. Blazers need a stop. They don't have to foul. They get a stop. Then they give up an offensive rebound. Then they give up a second offensive rebound, and Damian Lillard ties up Josh Giddy and they get the ball back. You just need to grab the board. You need to grab it clean. Instead, you get it. it didn't, and even then, it didn't end up mattering because you get the jump ball, and they win the jump ball, and they're coming down with... Uh, 12 and a half seconds left. They choose not to call a timeout. And Damian Lord takes an impossibly difficult shot trying to get past Lou Dort. Can't, cannot, cannot get out of the cuffs. Takes a difficult shot. Kind of looked for a foul, but it's too hard of a shot. And you're just not going to get a foul call in that situation. They miss. Blazers have to foul. They actually had a foul to give, so they had to foul twice. Um, end up getting the ball back with 0.3 seconds left, and they can't even get a shot off. After two made free throws from Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and the Blazers lose 101-98. That's your fastest recap in the West. Just a brutal offensive night for Portland. Jeremy Grant led the way with 17 points. Uh, Damian Lillard finished with 16. He was just 2 of 11 from deep. Anthony Simons, 12. Yusuf Nurkic, 12. He came back after missing Monday's game with a calf injury. He finished with 12 points, 6 boards, and 4 assists. I don't think Nurk played poorly, but I don't think this was a good Nurk game by, by any means Josh Hart 11 in the first half finished with 13 uh, Blazers got some scoring off the bench Shane Sharp had eight uh, Drew Eubanks had had six Trent Watford had eight and he I thought Trent Watford had had a meaningful start to the fourth quarter to kind of um, keep, keep give the Blazers a little bit of an edge uh, and and let them you know they were they were clinging they were it was close and it was like it was tied coming in the quarter it was like don't blow this like hold on to it while Dame is on the bench uh, Drennan Watford had a had a layup. He had a put back dunk, reverse order, but put back dunk and a, and a layup. Like he's he kept them kind of in it. They the starters lost this game in the final three minutes. It was not on the bench. On the other side, Shea Gildas Alexander had twenty seven. Lou Dort fourteen. Jalen Williams fifteen, and Josh Giddy finished with thirteen six and six. This game was in some ways decided on the free throw line. The Oklahoma City Thunder shot. 25 free throws. Shea Gilgis-Alexander shot 13. The Blazers as a team took nine. In some ways, that's the story of the game, right? 16 more free throws in a game, you lose by three. It, it, it's it, The free throw disparity is glaring and obvious, and it jumps out of the box score when you're looking at it. But I'm going to tell you, they didn't lose this game because of the refs. They didn't. They did not lose this game because of the refs. Let's let's talk about that in in the second segment. This this game was a game where the Blazers played poorly, but I, you cannot blame the referees for it. That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. I want to I want to keep it a little bit real for you. But first, I want to remind you to be safe out there this holiday season. 
Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even the states where marijuana is legal, like here in Oregon. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell you when you're driving high, you're probably wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, um, everyone can. So what makes you think the law enforcement officers aren't going to know? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. This is paid for by the NHTSA. All right. So when you when you go into I've, I've mentioned this before, when you go into an NBA locker room, you'll see NBA guys uh, standing at the stat sheet often, and they're looking at a couple things, minutes and shots. But you know what they're going to see in this one? It's screaming off the page, screaming off the page. Twenty-five free throw attempts for OKC, nine for Portland. Early in the season, the Blazers were one of the best teams in the league and for a while, the best team in the league at getting to the free throw line. They were really good at it. It's not like this team doesn't get foul shots. It's, um, it's, it's certainly within their skill set and within sort of their normal style of play. You look at shots in the paint, shots at the rim. Blazers took two less, maybe three less by the end of the game. But it's basically even. Basically even. You just, just look at the shot chart. Basically even. Typically... Driving to the rim, that's where you get fouled. Uh, you would think that the disparity wouldn't be twice as much, more than twice as much, 150% more free throw attempts. That's a glaring, massive number. And I, I, I while I don't think it, it was the reason the Blazers lost, it would be silly to sit here and think that the Blazers getting beat by 15 points, plus 15, uh, OKC was plus 15 at the free throw line, that that didn't impact the game. 100% it impacted the game. 100%. 100% it was a factor in the game. It is not the reason why the Blazers lost. They did not lose because of the free throw line. They probably had a harder time, they had a more difficult chance to win because of it. But this game was tied entering the fourth quarter. And before the Blazers had to play a foul game in the final three seconds, OKC attempted two free throws. Two! Now the Blazers attempted two free throws in the entire second half. Wild. Wild, right? Wild that they didn't get more calls. Um, and uh, there were certainly some that, that, that were, you know, on the dunk that actually Jeremy Grant had to put the Blazers up five. I bet he got fouled. Could have been a six-point game. Sure. I'm not denying that it had impact. But to single it out as the reason the Blazers lost, I think is foolish. Uh, it, it is a glaring, massive thing. But Portland didn't lose because of the free throws. Like I said, okay, she should... Shot, OKC shot two in the in the sort of run of play in the fourth quarter before the Blazers had to intentionally foul. Two! Two! It was right there for the taking. This this game probably was closer than it would have been if the Blazers had got a, a kinder whistle. But it was right there for the taking. Portland had seven fourth quarter turnovers. Seven fourth quarter turnovers, including that crucial one late by Jeremy Grant. But seven, just giving the ball away. They came out of a timeout in the fourth quarter. Out of a timeout and committed a shot clock violation. Refs didn't do that. <laughs> Try to get the ball into Yusuf Nurkic, kind of a forced post up on the right-hand side. He had to kick back out. The ball swings around. Jeremy Grant gets it in the middle of the floor, and by the time he thinks, I really got to get this up, the shot clock sounds like turned over. Coming out of a timeout, 
ATO drawn up on the whiteboard. It doesn't say hold the ball for 24 seconds. Like, OKC has players that can defend what Portland wants to do well. Lou Dort is a really good Dame defender because he's physical. He's going to get after it physically. He's going to stay up in Dame's shirt and, and, and make things tough. Kenrick Williams is a pretty good secondary option there to make things tough. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is not a slouch on defense. He's not, he's not one of those um, superstars that you can just like uh, go after a million times on that end. He's certainly not one of their best defenders, but he's, he's totally fine. OKC also was able to make the Blazers play their style. I thought this was going to be a game where Yusuf Nurkic was dominant. This was going to be a dominant Nurk game. I said after game after the first game at OKC, you know, if the Blazers just had Nurk, I feel like they would have won because um, OKC just doesn't have the size to match up. Does not have the size to match up with the Blazers. Or you know, can't keep not gonna be able to keep Nurkic off the glass. Nurk's gonna clog the paint and make it harder for Shea Gildas Alexander to drive, all the things. Nurk wasn't that big of a factor. I thought he I, he wasn't bad, but it wasn't a particularly good Nurk game. Um, he, you know, it's it, it was he, he certainly he was not like you don't look at say like oh Nurk really cost him, but the Blazers played more minutes small. In fact, in the fourth quarter, they played a bunch of minutes with Trent and Watford to start open the quarter at center because OKC was playing small, spreading the Blazers out, and and P- Portland had to match their size. Portland had to match their size. Um, also. Justice Winslow twisted his ankle, landed landed coming down for a rebound on Kenrick Williams' ankle and, and left immediately. Um, didn't didn't look good for for a twisted ankle for for uh, for Justice. So they you know one of their small ball more common small ball looks they didn't even have at the end of the game. They actually put Keon Johnson in there and he was pretty good. I think I think this game is frustrating. If you're as a Blazer fan, this is like. Heck, if you're a Blazer fan, you're not even listening. You're not even listening this far on the podcast because you're mad. If you are, you can send me a nice note. I appreciate you for sticking with it. But uh, like, the Blazers lost this game because they played poorly in the final quarter. They played poorly in the final three minutes when they had a lead. You're up five with three minutes left in this game. You have to find a way to win. Certainly put themselves or were put in a worse spot by an unkind, I don't even know if unfair is the right word, but certainly un- unbalanced whistle. Very unbalanced whistle. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander is one of the best in the league at drawing free throws. He's just going to get to the free throw line. But Jeremy Grant has been. Damian Lord typically is, and he wasn't in this game. Uh, and, I, and I don't think it's because for lack of, of driving or lack of physicality on OKC's part. I think they just it was just a night the whistle didn't go their way. But you don't, they didn't lose this game because of the refs. They lost this game because they played poorly in the final three minutes and they played poorly in the fourth quarter. And in the final seconds of this game, they just, it was just a bad decision by Damian Lillard. So Portland gives up a couple offensive rebounds. Damian Lillard fights uh, for, fights for the rebound with Josh Gideon gets a, uh, gets a jump ball call. Quite frankly, Dame might've fouled him there, but don't give it back, baby. Uh, Call jump ball, Blazers win the tip or get control from the tip. Uh, it's kind of bounced around a little bit. Get control from the tip. And Chauncey Billups doesn't call timeout. I like not calling timeout. I am in favor of, in these moments, not calling timeout. I don't think you're going to get a better opportunity than just give the ball to Damian Lillard and say, go get it. I just, you can draw up another play, but allowing the defense to get set, um, allowing them to know which you know which way you're going to attack from, you're just a lot less random. You're a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot less random when you um, when you take that timeout. So I'm in favor of not taking it. I, I like that Chauncey says, "Just go get it. Trust your guys. You know, r- run it, r- run it without taking a timeout." 
The decision-making from there I didn't like. Twice, late in the OKC game, uh, Damian Lord tried to just beat Dort, no screen, straight up top. Um, and it one of the times it worked, he gave uh, Lou Dort a nasty crossover and got all the paint. The second time, at the end of Monday's game, he drove into a, got past Dort, or got tried to get past Dort, Dort stayed with him really well, and got into a clogged paint. Jeremy Grant was in the way. Josh Hart like ran into Dame and knocked him over, but it was it was it's a very similar look. Spread him out, no screen, let Dame go. He's gonna go try to score. This was the exact same thing. And Lou Dort had guarded Dame so well, and he knew this is a familiarity of playing these two games in a row. He knew what was coming. And Dame tried to get tried to burst past him, couldn't get past him, tried to get into a step back, and Dort was physical with him on the step back, and he tried to shoot a really tough 19-footer. Um came up way short and kind of looked for a foul call afterwards. It's just bad decision-making. I would have liked to see them run a screen to get Dort off the ball. You have nine seconds left. You can go. You you have time to do it. You want to do. You want to move quickly, right? You want to move really quickly. You don't want to take a worse shot. But even if you kind of force a switch and Dame takes a, a, tougher, a tough step back, so basically what he ended up with. Players play. This was a. The, the, I, I like not taking the timeout. And Damian Lord just didn't. This was bad decision making on his part. All of this to say is like the refs put the Blazers in a bad spot. The lack of free throws put the Blazers in a bad spot, and they lost this game on their own. It's frustrating, and I think it's a look in the mirror type type moment here in the season. Uh, I want to close the show talking about something I mentioned back in uh, an October show. Something I was legitimately wrong about, but I think holds true now. Um, the thing about being a hater is if you're just patient long enough, it'll come back to you. That's what we'll talk about in the second, in the third segment to close the show. But before we do that, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is the online therapy service that has connected over 3 million people with therapists online. Uh, I, I think the best way to think about therapy, and I've used this analogy before, is that it's like taking care of your car with routine maintenance. You do not have to wait for a traumatic event to seek out uh, therapy. You can just do routine maintenance to keep your mental health and your brain running smoother, just to be able to deal when traumatic moments come up, be able to deal when big things happen because you are taking care of yourself daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it might be. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. There's no waiting rooms, there's no traffic to wait in, there's no endless searching for the right therapist to match with. Instead, you can find what you need and then make it happen. To learn more, save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA. Betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. On October 17th, I released an episode heading into the regular season about the need for patience. And boy, was I wrong in that episode. I thought the Blazers were going to struggle out of the gates. In fact, I said that there's a chance that the Blazers, you know, they're, they're going to be underdogs in six of their first seven games. And so if it just goes chalk, they could start the season one and six. And I preached in that moment that 
regardless of what happens in that first stretch, you know, a tough home stretch, a tough home slate to begin the year, and then a six-game road trip. You know, the first 13 games are brutal. And regardless of what happens in that stretch, I said, you got to be patient because you're, you've got to think big picture with this team. you got to think big picture. Then the Blazers went 10 and 14. <laughs> Excuse me, 10 and 4 in their first 14 games. 10 and 4. And they said, Michael, you're an idiot, dude. Like, you are so stupid. Why did you doubt us? Why did you put so much stock into an ugly preseason? Why didn't you believe? Since that 10 and 4 start, the Blazers are 7 and 11. Not terrible, but not a good basketball team by any means. Damian Lord has missed a, a chunk of those games, and certainly they're worse when their best player isn't on the court. And and I don't think at 17 and 15 that they are like in a world of trouble. But I think after two losses in OKC, particularly following up Monday's performance, with so a performance like this, that it's a look in the mirror type moment. It is not necessarily make a panic trade. Uh, and in fact, like they're not going to make a trade until the trade deadline anyway. So like talking about it now is silly, but like it is, it is time to look in the mirror and decide what, what you want to get out of this season. Are you going to, can you get the offense to be an elite offensive team? Cause that's their path forward. They need to be one of the best five offenses in the league that they need to be the best. They need to score, 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 score. They're seven and 13 when they don't score 115 points. They're now 10 and two when they, when they do score 115, they have to score to win. And they are merely a top 10 offense. They need to be a top five offense to really, to get there. Nothing like top 10 isn't good, but they need to be better than darn good. They need to be darn great. That is their path forward. And the defense needs to be somewhat respectable. You can't give up in a one-point game a dunk to a rookie, Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams is a good rookie. was one Washington Conference Rookie of the Month to begin the October-November. Like, he's a good basketball player. He's going to have probably a very nice career in, in, in the league. But, like, you can't give up a layup and then a dunk and then a floater at 10 feet. Six, six straight points in the paint to blow a five-point lead on the road in the final three minutes. It's just... You, they got to shore that up on defense. They, they got to get a little bit better. And this is why you look in the mirror. Can we do that? This is what they're saying. I'm not using a collective pronoun. I'm not going to let you catch me in that. What the Blazers need to say is, can we, with the group we have and the personnel we have and the health we have, you know, there's, Gary Payton's not back yet. Mazir Little's out for a little while. You don't know what, we don't know right now what, what, uh, Justice Winslow's deal is with it with the ankle injury, but you know, so those are good wing defenders you're missing. But can we, with this group right now, become respectable on defense with any consistency? And can the offense be elite and carry us where we need to go? Because the Blazers' formula is being a top five offense and a slightly below average defense. They, if they're there, they're really good. But right now, they're not quite good. They're not quite as good on offense as they need to be on. Uh, just to, to carry the bad defense, and the defense isn't very good. And if you look at this team, they're not one move away from vaulting into the like, oh, this is one of the four best teams in the NBA. There are several moves away. They need, they, they got to shore up the defense. They need, they, they need better rebounders because, uh, Jeremy Grant as a power forward, you just need too much good rebounding around him. And as good a rebounder as Josh Hart is, and a good rebounder as Yusuf Nurkic is, there are nights when the Blazers get beat on the glass. You need better options there. You probably need a little more length. Um, you probably need a little more shooting to get the offense where it needs to go. You can't do all of that in 
one move. You can't maybe even do all that in two moves, right? So it brings me back to what I said in October, is that what you're assessing if the Blazers were to struggle is whether you can make the necessary moves in months or seasons, whether it's multiple cycles away or it's like, hey, we could probably get close in February. Brings me back to something I said on Monday. If the Blazers won on Wednesday, take care of business. Regardless of what happens on Friday, let's assume they lose in Denver on Friday. They would have banked enough wins against teams that aren't very good. They take care of business wins, those TCB wins, to allow them to figure it out during a home-heavy January. But if you lose a game like this, if you lose the TCB wins, back-to-back, two taking care of business wins, you just need to split them to be okay. You need to win them to be you know, comfortably good. You would win both of those games. You, when you start dropping the taking care of business wins, you have not bought yourself the time to figure it out. And your larger statistical indicators, just like simple stuff like point differential, best, best indicator during the regular season is just, do you blow teams out? Do you, do you, is your point differential on the whole, is it close to zero? Is it in the negative? Are you just rolling through teams? So even when you do play close games, only against good teams, you, you look like a really good team. Point differential is the best indicator. Blazers don't have a particularly good point differential. Their indicators look like they're about a 500 team and they're starting to regress back to a 500 team. So the patience that I called for in, you know, in the first 13 games that I was dead wrong about, I think comes back now 32 games in. You're approaching the midway point of the season. You're about, you know, about three weeks away from the midway point of the season. You got to figure out what you want to be. Some of it starts with, can you be that with the group you have? And if you can't, how aggressive do you become in trying to address it? Or do you say, this is several steps away? I, I, don't, think they're, I don't think they're super duper far away from being um, like good, right? Like I don't, think they're, I don't think they're really far away from being uh, competitive against every team in the league because there's not, they're, they're certainly capable of it with consistency. But I think they're several moves away from being like, better than good from being one of the hunted type teams, home court advantage type team, you know, top, top five in the NBA type team. There's several moves away from that. What you're assessing now after losing these two games, and I think it's time to look in the mirror if you're the Blazers decision maker is say, do we, do we think we can get there or get close enough with the group we have? Or is it time to make some more aggressive type moves? The Blues don't have a ton of trade chips. They don't have a lot of paths forward to make a big splash. But they don't have zero. They could unprotect the pick that they owe to the Chicago Bulls. They could talk about trading some intriguing young parts. They're not going to trade every time. Or Shaden Sharp seems very unlikely. But like they, they could make aggressive moves that get rid of some future assets to try to get as good as possible in the near term. You got to figure out what, how, what is your appetite for that? Because if you're losing games like this, the idea that like, well, they're going to be pretty competitive this year. There's no urgency to make a move until this summer. I think the calculation changes a little bit. I think the calculation changes a little bit because if you're not very good, there's more urgency to like figure out what the best version of, you know, step one and a half is before you get to steps two and three. But if you are pretty good, you know, you've already made step one and a half. 
right now they don't look very good. And right now the statistical indicators are more screaming because they're not, if you win the take care of business games, you don't worry about the stats. When you start losing these, it's like, yeah, well, the numbers suggest that maybe this team isn't that good. So I think following this win, it's time to look in the mirror and kind of assess where you are. That's kind of what we do in the show. <laughs> if you made it this far into the podcast, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening. Um, this was a tough week in Blazerland. Uh, just a ugly, ugly losses on Monday and Wednesday in a place you just don't want to be. I did, I did not want to head into this weekend, into the, the Christmas holiday season and the, um, you know, the heart of the heart, the middle of the Hanukkah season right here for, for, for my folks celebrating into the new year, this, this, um, you know, this super capitalist holiday season in America where we give each other gifts and celebrate, have fun, enjoy, enjoy loved ones. I didn't want it to be bummers. I like having fun. I'm pro joy. I love joy. I love fun. This it's just not ideal y'all, but it kind of is what it is. Um, they, they play Friday against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Friday show, we'll talk a little bit about that game and then we'll do some mailbag questions. So if you have one, uh, I have a bunch in the chamber that people have sent me over the last couple of weeks, but if you have a really good one, pressing topical one, send me a question at lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Friday show will be a special delivery mailbag. Come back for that one. Tell your friends. There's more joy on the horizon, I promise. I the, I didn't want it to be a bummer show, but I wanted to keep it real with you. Uh, more fun in the future, I promise. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blazers. I appreciate you listening. And I'll talk to you soon.